You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jake Devereaux, joined as usual by my co-host, Matt Collins. We are here to bring you the best Red Sox coverage on the internet Monday through Friday, and we want to be part of your daily routine. So be sure to subscribe to us on Himalaya, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. This is your Monday, June 17th edition of the podcast, and on today's show, we are going to break down uh, the weekend series. Uh, we're going to focus mostly on the crazy Sunday game. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about some transactions that have occurred, including a promotion in Darwin's and Hernandez. And uh, later in the show, we'll talk a little bit about um, yeah, maybe the Twin Series. We'll see if we can get there. Um, but today's uh, show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. All right, Matt, I uh, hope you had a good weekend, um, but let's get right into baseball here. Um, so the Red Sox, obviously, were playing the Baltimore Orioles this weekend. Uh, it was a big series for them because they needed to keep that momentum going that they had against Texas. And the Red Sox were able to do that. Um, after winning 4-3 versus Texas, then that 7-6 comeback that we talked about, they won 13-2 over the Orioles and 7-2 over the Orioles before having a, a little bit of a close one today. The Yeah, I mean, they had a bunch of homers in the first two games. But uh, Sunday was maybe the weirdest baseball game I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I don't even know what was going on in that game it was just it took forever and like everybody there were so many guys on base and nothing happened after that i don't even know like i just it just finished when we're recording this and i'm not really sure what i just watched yeah i don't think it would be a great um advertisement for (laughs) for major league baseball the game took four four hours and 45 minutes from start to finish the Red Sox used eight pitchers in the game. Um, oh, there were like 45 reviews, too. That definitely didn't help. Holy crap. The um, guy who took over for the Orioles manager, Cousins or whatever his name was. Yeah, he's was, addicted to challenges. Oh, it was like everything. Absolutely <laughs> everything. He's like, challenge, challenge, challenge. I'm like, guy, relax. Your team has 20 victories or whatever. Like, we all want to just get to the next series. Okay, buddy? Let's just move this <laughs> thing along. I mean, the best was uh, appealing to play at second, and then that didn't work. So they appealed to play at third. That didn't work. So then they challenged to play at third. I mean, it was what is like, what are you doing, man? Come on. I was honestly surprised that the crew um, was willing to kind of allow him to do that. It was it was Trip Gibson. Well, I don't think the they could say no. But yeah, well, at some point you got to like have a side <laughs> conversation with him, right? Like, hey, buddy, like I know you really think this is cool, but. <laughs> Like, we have dinner plans, you know? Yeah, right. We have flights yeah, to get. I don't know. Um, it was pretty pretty ridiculous. But the important thing is that the Red Sox were able to win this one 8-6. to six. Um, Like I said, not a great advertisement for baseball, but the big takeaway here is that the Red Sox pushed this uh, winning streak now to five games in a row, which is huge. Um, they're now 39-34, and 34, and they needed to win today, too, because the Yankees and um, the Rays both also won. Yeah, and I mean, you have to beat the Orioles. Um, they, like, the big, one of the biggest reasons they were so good last year was just how much they beat up on bad teams. And 
the Orioles were definitely on the other end of that more often than not, just because they were a bad team in the Red Sox division. But this year, uh, before the series, they were, I think, one game over 500 against them, like four and three or something like that. Um, it wasn't really domination. So they needed to come out and kind of flex their muscles over Baltimore. And, um, yeah, I mean, Sunday's game definitely wasn't exactly flexing their muscles. It was more of a loss from the Orioles than a win for the Red Sox, if we're being honest. But uh, the first two games were definitely just totally outclassing a bad team. And, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, they keep that momentum and they're going to face the team with the best record in baseball. So it, um, it would have been tough to take that flight losing a game like this. Absolutely. And it did, it did seem like there were a few things, especially in the eighth inning that the Red Sox did to kind of give this one away. Um, it was frustrating that the team was up only two to one heading into the eighth inning because it seemed like once again, there were many opportunities for the team to score. Uh, neither the Red Sox or Orioles were capitalizing on those scoring opportunities. Um, but the VR sequence just drove me completely insane. He gets on base, then immediately steals with little to no effort. Um, then that lob pitch by Vasquez back to the pitcher with the man uh, on second base I thought was just terrible by Vasquez. And I thought there were also a couple other balls that he should have blocked that were wild pitches. Um I just have not have not been impressed with Vasquez's defense behind the plate lately. I think he has a tendency to, I don't want to say get lazy, that kind of has more of a ne- negative connotation than I'd like to give. But I he, like on blocks, there's a lot of times where he doesn't put his whole body in front of it when he could, and he just kind of tries to back in and gets away. And I mean... I don't think all of the wild pitches in this game, there are actually four wild pitches in this game. I don't think they were all on Vasquez. I mean, they're bad pitches in the dirt. They get away. That happens. But when you have four in one game, obviously you need to look at the catcher a little bit. Um, I will say that Vasquez has made a lot of good plays too. His framing still good. Um, his, he's made some great plays with his arm, a few nice back picks here and there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree. The blocking pitches, it can get really frustrating and it was pretty costly in this game yeah it's just something that the team needs to make sure that they're focusing on situationally when they're in tight games against bad teams because you know you can see the ramifications of it when when he scored and tied up the game um the orioles then went ahead three to two and all of a sudden it was on the red Sox to come back in this one against the team that they shouldn't really need to come back against uh and then hernandez gets the huge home run to center field um which ties it up and in the 10th, Devers absolutely got all of that one to opposite field, 458 feet. Uh, that was huge. Devers is the man. Yeah, I mean, that was – it kind of felt like just the way that, that game was going, it kind of felt like it was going to be, okay, this game's going to go like 15 innings and we're all going to be tortured for the next three hours. But, um, yeah, I mean, Devers kind of hitting that home run right away in the 10th was a nice little message like hey we're gonna we realize we should win this game we're gonna go ahead and run away with it and that's kind of exactly what happened the rest of the inning yeah I thought they were actually gonna screw this up a little bit because after that they had some really good opportunities and uh, a few of the opportunities were squandered but then Betts finally gets up to the plate uh, with two outs in the innings and absolutely scorches one at I think it was Richie Martin who jumped for it and wasn't able to get the ball uh, which ended up scoring two, and then Vasquez singles to center and scores another two, making it 8-3. Lo and behold, if Vasquez didn't doesn't single in those runs, um, they might not win this game. Yeah, I mean, the second 
Second time in the last week that Josh Smith has been forced into the ninth inning because they had used all their other pitches and uh, they had one guy, this time it was Matt Barnes, who was unavailable and Josh Smith is the only guy left. And uh, fortunately they made it a five run game because he gave up three runs, three runs, right? Three runs, in yeah. The, yeah, least. three, two run homer and a, th- and a solo homer in the bottom of the tenth. So uh, yeah, the bullpen depth is not ideal right now. Yeah, Josh Smith closer is not something I want to hear, ever. He wasn't even a closer. I mean, he would have been if they didn't <laughs> tack on those runs, but I mean, it wasn't even a safe situation. No, it was but, just... you know, just Josh Smith being the thing standing between you and winning a baseball game is just not ideal. Yeah, but I mean, it's <laughs> I don't really fault him for being used there just because... There was no one else. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I wouldn't have wanted him used instead of somebody else earlier in the game, so it's just that's just the way it goes. He just... That's roster building. That's not really on Cora, which I don't think he was saying, but just to clear that up. Yeah, yeah, totally. No one's saying that. Um, Orioles do make it interesting, though, again, in the bottom of the eighth, or in the tenth, I should say. Wilkerson homers, uh, Mancini homer. The Red Sox have been having trouble with Mancini all year. It's kind of weird. Everybody's been having trouble with Mancini, though. Yeah, you know, I just didn't think Mancini was a good baseball player before this year, and I still kind of don't. So uh, I think he's just having kind of one of those dream seasons, and I don't think this is going to keep up. But it's good to give the people of uh, Baltimore something to root for. And, you know, they had a good giveaway today with those little hats, I guess. No, those hats were awful. I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't wear one, but at least, like, the fans got something for showing up. They, uh... I don't know if you saw at the end of the game, Nesson showed a bunch of those just left on the seats. Just hope you wanted them. So. I mean, who's going to walk around in an Orioles fedora? Dave O'Brien liked it, which kind of tells you all you need to know about those fedoras. Yeah, I guess you're right about that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to finish wrapping up our thoughts about the week, um, and then we're going to get into a little bit of a preview of the upcoming series with the Twins. But first, a word from our sponsor. All right, Red Sox fans, I'm excited to talk to you about our newest sponsor, Loci Bracelets. Um, they're not that new now because we've been talking to you about them for a while, but let me remind you, I've been wearing these bracelets for a few years now. They're infused with water from Mount Everest, the highest point on Earth, and mud from the Dead Sea, the lowest point on Earth. It's a daily reminder to help you find your balance during life's highs and lows. As sports fans, we definitely experience highs and lows throughout the season. Loci's Game Day Collection helps you stay humble and hopeful while repping your favorite team's colors. And with 10% of net profits donated to incredible charities who can support your team and support causes around the world, uh, the one that my mom bought actually supported the Alzheimer cause, so there's all sorts of great causes that you can actually support. And since Loci is a friend of the show, they are offering you an exclusive discount of 20% off of all Game Day Collection bracelets. All you need to do to take advantage of this is go to loci.com and use the promo code BostonRedSox, all one word, to take advantage of this amazing deal. That's L-O-K-A-I.com and use code BostonRedSox, all one word, for 20% off of these bracelets. So get out there, grab one. You can get them in Red Sox colors, Patriots colors, Bruins colors, anything you want, and support a great charity around the world. All right, Matt, welcome back for segment two. Um, one of the things that we disagreed about during this game was um, an effort play by Mookie Betts on, I think it was a triple by Wilkerson. It was a pinch hit triple um, by Wilkerson in, I can't remember the inning. I think it might have been the ninth. Um, it was the eighth. Eighth inning. And um, Wilkerson hit one to the corner. And I just thought that Mookie's jump 
on that ball was really, really casual. Um, I've seen Mookie move as fast as Mookie can move, and he was not moving as fast as he could uh, to get to that ball. I'm not sure if it would have made a difference um, in terms of him making it all the way to third base, uh, but I certainly didn't like the look of it. I mean, I don't care about the look. I he was that was a triple. I mean, that was a triple off the bat. They were sh- he was shaded way towards center field. Um, he, I don't know why it really matters. I mean, he he was moving. He didn't get a great jump on it, but again, I don't think that would have mattered. But once he got moving, he was moving, and I think at a certain point you have to just he's probably thinking you can't run too quick at it when it's approaching the corner because you don't know where it's going to bounce and you don't want it to get away from you for an inside-the-park home run. So, I mean, I really had zero problems with the way that Betts played that ball. I just – it was a triple off the bat. I think everybody knew it. And what Betts did had really no effect on the play. I guess that's what I was worried about is if he was attacking that ball with such kind of – I don't want to say minimal effort, but I want to say reduced effort, um, that if he misplayed that ball at all, I thought it would have given Wilkerson an opportunity to make it an inside-the-park home run. I mean, that wasn't going to happen with Betts' arm. I mean, I think, like I said, off the bat, it was a triple unless it was misplayed, and he didn't misplay it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's just one of those things that optically I'd just like to see him go all at it. But your explanation for bets makes a lot of sense. So I see what you mean there. Uh, in terms of the pitching that the Red Sox used, they did get Brian Johnson back. We should talk a little bit about the transactions that the Red Sox made over the weekend um, because there were a few. Um, Brian Johnson was activated, obviously started this one today. Uh, Heath Hembry went to the IL. Uh, that was after the game where Josh Smith came in to close for the first time or in only time, the one that he got the the actual save in. Um, He's got some forearm tightness, which doesn't sound great. And then Taylor came up, uh, Sam Travis went down, and the other thing was Darwinson Hernandez, when he was sent down, was shortly promoted to a AAA Pawtucket. Um, But I think maybe the most interesting thing to talk about here is the Heath Hembry injury and the Brian Johnson activation. So the Heath Hembry thing is worrisome because Heath Hembry's been one of the better relievers in the bullpen this year, certainly against right-handed hitters. Yeah, I mean, this is, if it's anything long-term, I mean, I think it says a lot about the Red Sox bullpen that losing Heath Hembry feels like a big blow, but, I mean, it absolutely does. Um, the good news is it's been – there's really no concern on the part of Hembry, it seems like, at least publicly. Um, he said the day – the day after uh, Smith closed, so I think he closed on Thursday. On Friday, Hembry said he felt fine that day. It was just a short-term thing. Um, the Red Sox just don't want to take any chances. So hopefully this is just a 10-day thing and it's nothing too bad. I mean, the one thing you could say about Hembry is he's been extremely durable over his career. So um, if this starts to get extended a little bit, I'll be worried. But for right now, it just seems like a little break where they don't want to overuse a guy who's been kind of overextended already this year. Yeah, I'm happy that um, it sounds like that's going to be a smaller thing than a big thing. Uh, I was also happy to see Brian Johnson back to the team. I like Brian Johnson more than you do. Um, That's been kind of well documented between us. But um, I thought he pitched pretty well today for a guy who's coming back. He threw 70 pitches. Uh, I don't think the command was all there, but I thought he looked okay. Um, And more importantly, I just 
think it's it's cool to have a guy back who can give this bullpen a little bit of extra length and um, will be pitching out of the starting rotation for the time being. Well, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. And, he, and yeah, I mean, he was fine. He looked like a guy who'd been, who hadn't pitched in the majors in over two months, which is kind of what you expect. And I think if he was playing a different team, the results would have been a lot worse. But um, I mean, he threw some nice curveballs. And I mean, we've been over this. The, they just haven't been able to fill that last rotation spot at all since Evaldi's gone out. So um, Johnson's kind of the next guy up, and he's probably the best bet that they've had since Evaldi went down to fill that spot. So, um, yeah, I mean, you pretty much just have to hope for the best. Like you said, I'm not crazy about him, but given the other guys they've been throwing out, he's the guy I'd like to see, I guess. Yeah, we totally agree on that. So I'm happy to see him there. Um, let's talk a little bit about the upcoming series against the Minnesota Twins. Uh, the Twins are doing all sorts of crazy things this year. Um, they've got like, the best record in their division, one of the best records in all of baseball. They're hitting the best record in baseball, I believe. Is it the best record? Are they better than the uh, the Astros at this point? It was this afternoon before any games were played. Yeah. That's wild. Yes, they are. Um, also, the wild thing about them is how many home runs they're hitting this year. They're on pace to hit the most home runs of any club. And um, that's a park that had notoriously been known as a park that suppressed homers. Um, I guess when you have Sano and uh, what's his name, Nelson Cruz on the same team, um, that, that, that can't hurt. But the Red Sox are going to be at Minnesota dealing with a really tough team. Um, they've got Porcello versus Berrios. Berrios has been amazing. Price versus Pineda. Um, I like that matchup, but I'm a little concerned about Price, uh, considering last uh, outing for him. And then Rodriguez versus Gibson, which I think is another slight uh, advantage for the Red Sox. But with him, you can never really count that as an advantage. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously going to be a test. I mean, this is what we were talking about earlier today um, with them needing to kind of get this momentum against a bad team because they're going up against a really good team. Um, like you said, that lineup is really good. You didn't even mention Eddie Rosario, who's actually leading the team in uh, home runs. You didn't mention Jorge Polanco, who's actually been the best offensive shortstop in the American League this year. Um, I mean, this is a really deep lineup that's going to challenge you one through nine every night. And um, even if the rotation's good, we know about the Red Sox bullpen, and it could get scary late in games. Yeah, it absolutely could. Um, so it's going to be a fun series. I'm really looking forward to seeing the Minnesota Twins. It's a team that I've been interested in watching, but just really haven't gotten an opportunity to. So hopefully the Red Sox can keep this going. I think they're going into it about the best way they can. And maybe one of the most important things that we didn't even get to touch on today is that J.D. Martinez is looking pretty locked in at the plate recently as well. So... Uh, the bats are all working and uh, catching the team at a good time. So hopefully they can uh, get some good momentum going here, and we'll be looking forward to it. What's your expectation for that series? Uh, don't get swept. <laughs> I'm not feeling great. All right, keeping the expectations high here with Matt. Um, all right, I, I think uh, I'm I'm looking at carrying the momentum i'm gonna go optimistic here two out of three two out of three on the road against the twins i think would be a huge statement uh, by the red Sox, and i don't think it's completely out of uh question with the way that they're playing right now it's certainly not out of the question i don't know if i would bet on it but yeah i mean it's possible yeah well i'm gonna be hopeful 
So that does it for the show. We hope you enjoyed the weekend uh, wrap-up and uh, the Monday show here. Uh, if you like the show, please go on and rate and review us. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow uh, us at Locked On Red Sox for the uh, or LO underscore Red Sox for the Locked On Red Sox account. You can follow Matt at Matt R Y Collins for uh, mostly basketball thoughts these days, and uh, at Dev Jake for bad Red Sox takes. Uh, you can ask us questions and interact with us there. You can also urge other Red Sox fans to subscribe to the show. We always appreciate that. And fans of the league as a whole can tune into Locked On MLB to get an overview of what's happening in the league in just 15 minutes. So thanks so much, guys, and we'll be with you for Tuesday's edition of the show.